And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love the win. You are now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation post-game edition here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durgan, Vic Tafer, Ted Wynn, Deshaun Reed. The Raiders have clinched a playoff spot, according to our guy uh, who, who called it a few weeks ago. They win three in a row. They they clinch a playoff spot, and obviously that is not true. Uh, they still have work to do, but uh, three in a row. They are 3-0 and in the AFC West. They'll be hosting the Kansas City Chiefs in a big showdown next Sunday. But we want to talk all about their 37-12 beatdown of the Denver Broncos. There's a million guys that we can talk about that stepped up and had huge games. But you can also look at this game and say, man, the Raiders probably could have hung uh, 50 points on the board if they uh, they cleaned up a few things. And I think that's one one takeaway from here is that the Raiders dominated this game and still didn't even quite play at their peak, but certainly the Broncos are not a great team. Certainly Drew Locke is uh, is not the guy that uh, Tashawn covered at Mizzou uh, right now. Uh, and the Raiders took advantage. They forced five turnovers. We wondered if they could take advantage of the Broncos' uh, propensity to uh, give the ball away, and uh, they absolutely did. It's always easy to focus on you know, the miscues, like the Hunter Renfro for a touchdown where they had to call back on a penalty, but... I think across the board, this is a, one of the most complete games the Raiders have probably played this season when you consider, you know, how well the offense played plus the the defense. You don't have to pass for a ton of yards to play a, a good offensive game. I will say that it is a little bit. They passed for under 200 yards the last three weeks, and you would think that we can get it done against the Chiefs, you know, especially in the first half in this game. It was a one-score game the whole way through, and then they pulled away in the second half. You know, you would you would think that, you know, when that, especially that stretch when they punted three times in a row, maybe a better team would, would take advantage of that and maybe put them behind. But, you know, even when they're getting behind, this is a team that's shown that they can come back this year. And so, you know, they haven't quite quenched the playoffs yet, like our, like our guy said, but I think they're, um, you know, showing every week now that they're getting closer to, to achieving that goal this season. I, I think this is a playoff team. Yeah, that's definitely a sluggish start today. And when that Jeff Heath interception at the end of the first half really was a, a huge play, not only for you know, momentum and confidence, but kind of, uh, I think Josh Jacobs said, kind of took the life out of the Broncos. And I think the second half was definitely a one-sided affair. And the defense uh, made a lot of plays. You mentioned a lot of guys who stepped up today on defense. And uh, Nicholas Morrow, Jeff Heath had the two interceptions. Arden Key had a lot of pressure today. So uh, Max Crosby had a sack. There's a lot of guys who I think it's a good sign for them going into this next game against the Chiefs where you need all the confidence you can you can have. And I think their defense has a lot now all of a sudden. And the guy that's been playing well for, for a while now is Nassib. Like, he doesn't get a ton of playing time, but it seems like he, he's, even in the last few weeks, every time the Raiders really needed a pressure, he, he's the guy who came up today. And I don't know if he had a sack today, but he, he had some pressure that led to some defensive mistakes and, and sacks. So got to give credit to him. And uh, I got to apologize to uh, Brandon Parker again. Not a wreck again today. No, I'm just kidding. He, he looked good today. Like, 
you know, Bradley Chubb is a very good pass rusher, and there were times where he just dominated Bradley Chubb. So just really surprising to see the type of transformation he makes. And and he's a really physical tackle, too. So it's different than Colton Miller, who, you know, is having, a, I think, a Pro Bowl type of season, but he's like a finesse tackle. When Parker wins, he, like, you know, he physically dominates the guy so it's fun to see nasib not a sack but he had an interception dropping back into coverage uh we haven't seen the snap count yet but it seemed like he was uh more involved in this game and and yeah i mean even if if they didn't show up in the stat sheet outside of the interception he was really active uh you know you mentioned arden key putting a lot of pressure out there max crosby a sack i mean nicholas morrow obviously one of the stars of this game he has a sack he had a forced fumble um yeah, he was he was flying around and without Corey Littleton, I mean, he made the Raiders not only not miss Corey Littleton, but uh, maybe brought up some questions about if he should be getting a little more playing time. Yeah, I wrote about that a little bit tonight. I think that's going to be a huge question for them going forward whenever Littleton gets back. I think um, not only did Morrow play, you know, really well, actually made more impact plays than, than Littleton did. But I think the other side of the coin is that you know, normally Morrow comes in for Kwiatkowski in the red zone on passing downs. And today, that doesn't happen. So Kwiatkowski stays in. He had a, a pass breakup and an incredible interception with one hand leaping um, to end the game. So maybe he should be on the field in those situations. So I think it definitely be a big question for Paul Gunther and John Gruden to ask and answer when, uh, when Littleton comes back. I think Littleton's just making way too much money right now for them to uh, that's not, pull That's up. not going to change. There's, <laughs> there's no refund coming. The $22 million, that, that's done. I think he gets a little bit of a longer leash. And plus, I mean, this is Drew Locke. You know, he wasn't playing against Patrick Mahomes or anything. But but Morrow was still very impressive today. And and Kwiatkowski is is a good coverage linebacker, even though uh, he doesn't have a huge sample size of coverage snaps. So I'm actually surprised that he you know he gets taken out so much in these passing situations. He definitely proved today that he he's more than uh, capable of playing in those situations. Well, we've been talking about it for a few weeks now, but I think. You know, obviously Jeff Heath coming up with two key interceptions. Uh, I wrote a little bit tonight. I think it might be time for him to start over Eric Harris at this point. You know, he's had a smaller sample size, but he's been much better in coverage than Harris. And, um, you know, he has three interceptions this season, and all of them have been pretty significant. You know, both of his interceptions came in the first half before the game really got out of hand, and obviously he had the big pick against the Chiefs. I probably would start him over Harris at this point, but if, if not, then – see a big uptick in his his snaps pretty consistently. He has been playing more the last couple of weeks, so I think he might be on the verge of that switch more so than the the Littleton to the Murrow switch. Yeah, I mean, obviously that play right before the half, I mean, they're they're up 10-6 at that point, and they had played, you know, pretty well. I mean, they were clearly showing that they were the better team, but you looked at the drop touchdown by Nelson Aguilar, the drop on that deep pass to uh, Darren Waller, the the deep ball to Henry Ruggs where it goes through his hands, doesn't even touch it. They had left points on the board. Obviously, the Hunter Renfro punt return for a touchdown where, you know, maybe it was a questionable penalty, but John Gruden didn't even want to go there in terms of whether it was a questionable penalty. He just straight up said, hey, Jonathan Abrams got to not bother to make that block because it wasn't like that blindside block whether it was blindside or not that wasn't like that was the play that that sprung that touchdown and and so uh you know he didn't even want to question the call more so just john abram's got to be smarter there but obviously they had left points on the board and only up 10-6 and nearly 
trailed because uh, we saw Drew Locke, who was banged up at the time still and was banged up really all game, ran in for that touchdown. But Heath was able to draw that penalty on Noah Fant, that holding call. He sold it. He got the call, got the flag. And then, boom, the next play, he intercepts Locke. And, I mean, just a savvy player. I mean, we know that, obviously, that, that's part of the reason the, the Raiders brought him in. He's a, a just a guy that's got experience in this league. He's been around, and uh, he showed it there. Cowboy fans were kind of laughing that Jeff Heath was signed by the Raiders, but, I mean, look at their defense without Jeff Heath. Maybe he was the only thing holding it together. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but he does look like he breaks on things a lot quicker than than Harris has and he, he looks like he has a little bit more speed and athleticism too so you know I would like to see him get get more playing time and uh, see how he, he does against a better opponent like the Chiefs he was injured was he injured for the first Chiefs game no yeah the big pick Remember he had the oh that's right season. that's right okay the other thing you got to talk about this game is the way this offensive line keeps getting it done with Three starters missing. Sam Young goes out today, and, and Patrick Omame has to come in. And yeah, I think he's their fifth right tackle who's played for them this season. And uh, you look up at the, the the stat sheet at the end of the day. Derek Carr, no sacks in 25 pass attempts. And uh, they run for 203 yards on 41 carries, uh, five yards per attempt. It was mentioned on the broadcast, and I think it's it's got to be Tom Cable might be the assistant coach of the year in the NFL. Uh, you know, they do hand out that award, I think, from the PFWA. Uh, he's got to be in the running the way that they just keep plugging in guys. I mean, no Colton Miller, no Trent Brown. I mean, you talk about them playing without Kwiatkowski and, and guys stepping in without the high-priced uh, free agent. I mean, Trent Brown has, has obviously barely played for them this year, and they miss him, but they aren't really showing that much that they miss him. Yeah, if you would have told me they'd be 2-0 and starting uh... – Brandon Parker and Sam Young at tackles. I would have probably slapped you. But, yeah, I think Rudin said there's a, they used five right tackles this year. So, definitely, uh, like you said, Cable's done a great job. And, really, those guys, that are, credit to the players also, really really impressive how what they've done uh, without uh, Trent Brown and Colton Miller. Yeah, I think Denzel good. They've talked about him a lot. But Incognito has been out since week two. I mean, even Trent Brown has played since then. And not to say that good is as good as Incognito, but – we haven't really noticed much of a drop-off, you know, from those first, first couple games that you had Incognito play. And so, yeah, like Vic said, I mean, obviously Cable gets a lot of credit for it, but you don't typically expect backups to come in and, you know, sustain like this. Uh, I mean, they're averaging over 190 rushing yards per game the last three games. I think that's that's pretty insane. They hadn't had that kind of stretch all season, even when they were more healthy than they are now. So, you know, maybe part of that is the teams that they're playing against have gotten a little bit softer, but I, I think either way, you got to give give credit to them. Can't assume anything, but if he's back next week, then you can move Parker to right tackle. And if he could continue playing well at right tackle, all of a sudden the Raiders line looks pretty good, even with just two packups in, because Good is playing at a high level. Parker's playing pretty well. So if you have those five together, I, I think the Raiders have a chance at putting together a more robust passing game against, against the Chiefs. These last two games, obviously. Gruden's been trying to protect Carr with the play calling and not put him in too many passing situations. But you're not going to be able to do that against the Chiefs. You're going to have to score some points. So if they get Colt Miller back, then, you know, with Parker at right tackle, the game plan could change. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You know, when we talk about cars, numbers like, you know, they, they may look fairly pedestrian. I mean, obviously, if Aguilar catches that touchdown that hits him right in the hands in the end zone, you know, tack on uh, however many more yards and a touchdown there. If Waller doesn't drop that wide open pass. And yeah, I mean, if you want to nitpick, could that ball have been maybe like another foot or two out there that that might have helped Waller a little bit? But still, that's a play Waller's got to catch, and that should be probably a touchdown. I don't know that the Rugs one would have been six if he catches it, just the way he, the defender was reasonably close and he was kind of angled toward the sideline, but it still would have been if those three plays hit. I mean, he puts the ball basically where he's supposed to on all of those. Suddenly he's looking at a, a 250 yard passing day with two, maybe three touchdowns. We're looking at cars day, you know, as, as a 19 of 25 day for something like 250 and, and two, three touchdowns. And, and it's a, a heck of a lot more impressive day on the statute. If you have the context of actually, you know, watching the games the last three weeks, uh, Carr hasn't played a bad game. You know, I don't think he's played a bad game necessarily this season, but if you just look at his gross numbers, it's like, oh, geez, he's playing awful, you know, but and I'm not sure what the reason is, but I think the offensive line as well, they've they've done a better job at run blocking and pass blocking, um, particularly the tackles. Um, obviously, the drops are a big deal, but also Carr is not having as much time to throw as he normally would is, is also a factor. Like, you know, like, like Ted said, we'll have to see with the offensive line health if that's any better against the Chiefs. But when it comes to the drops, guys just got to catch the ball, man. The disconnect between Carr and Ruggs hasn't really burned the Raiders yet. But the first time to play the Chiefs, you know, him and Ruggs were hitting and they had two huge plays that were extremely impactful t- towards the game. So in this next game, they, they really have to get back on the same page. I mean, the good news is Ruggs is getting open. You know, he's getting open, but he's just not 
getting those finer details of playing receiver down and completing these passes. But, I mean, you saw in that one catch he had how he was able to go up and get it. He's not just the speed receiver that can't do anything else. He, he has some skills. It's just yeah, him and Carr's got on. It has to be on the same page on Sunday night. They tried today to give him the ball. Definitely, I thought they almost forced the issue at times. I'm not sure if that was by design, if that was because the Broncos were doing a good job on Darren Waller. But, um, obviously, it's a... Ruggs is going to be a big part of their offense, you know, for years to come. So I think once they get it figured out, and I think Carr's got all the confidence in him. I think Ruggs has also got the confidence that will work out in the long run. So I think it's just growing pains. And definitely it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs uh, attack Ruggs after they, they got burned in that first game. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at it. The, the Raiders are having success. Obviously, they're they're playing, scoring over 30 points a game. Ruggs isn't making the kind of impact that they feel like he will eventually make. So, I mean, you look at it, this, it may take this for this whole rookie season for him and Carr to really kind of develop that rapport. And it might not be until they get that full off season together and then go into year two next year where they really start clicking. But all it takes is a couple of plays here and there. And, and he's such a threat that uh, with the way they can run the ball, I mean, Devontae Booker, we've talked about it often on this show. It's hard to understate how great of a signing that looks like now in the offseason. I mean, for him to be able to, for you to be able to pound the ball with Jacobs 21 times for 112 yards and then have Booker kind of finish it off 16 for 81. The Raiders have that true two-headed monster that uh, that I think John Gruden wants. Yeah, Booker was uh, it's kind of his revenge game today. He wouldn't, he's been, you know, he spoke to us before the game and after the game and he's, you know, you know, saying all the right things, you know, it's just another game, all that. But I mean, you have to imagine this was, you know, he hasn't gotten the ball for the last couple of years with the Broncos, his first game against him with his new team. And he has, you know, his best game of the season. You know, he was juiced up for this game for sure. I mean, I wrote about it earlier in the season. I mean, he's been extremely efficient. He's been their most efficient running back just in terms of average, you know, yards per rush this season. And, uh, you know, I think he's been a lot more consistent than a lot of people expected him to be. You know, he's taken a lot of snaps from Jalen Richard, who got hurt today. Um, and so you would imagine if Richard is out, especially next week against the Chiefs, then, you know, his production will only continue. You know, he's taking some of that load off of Jacobs. He's still taking a ton of carries. I think he's he's probably, after this week, still going to be like top three in carries. And so it's not like he's, you know, getting a break this season or anything like that. But he's taking a load off at, at key points to where hopefully he doesn't break down towards the end of the season. Yeah, Gruden called uh, Rashard's injury a severe chest injury, and I guess the x-rays were negative, but didn't sound good. Um, so you would think that uh, Theoretic probably gets to call as the, uh, the new running back three. I know Derek Carr says he's running back four, but still need a running back three in there before you get the you get the car. So I think it looks like Theoretic will be the guy in that role next week. Another aspect of this game that it didn't end up showing up in the stat sheet just because, you know, we mentioned the two penalties on the punt returns, but Hunter Renfro returning punts uh, seems like he's really kind of finding a groove back there. I mean, had the touchdown that got called back, had the the first return, I think it was 27 yards or something like that, that was called back. But, you know, we know what he's done as a slot receiver, but nice to see the Raiders. I mean, they, they haven't typically gotten a whole lot out of their kick return game, their punt return game, except for back, you know, when they had Dwayne Harris and Cordero Patterson that had, had some big plays here and there. But uh, to get Renfro going and having him contribute in the punt return game, that can really help. But, you know, I know, Tashawn, you wrote earlier this week about the their field position issues. I mean, today two drives early that the Broncos had to start pinned back at the two while the Raiders were getting good field position, even though uh, they didn't really kind of take advantage of that as much as they would have liked to in the first half. Uh, that was, uh, that was big to see the Raiders kind of, you know, really flipping that field position issue around. Yeah. I think the, 
the Broncos are somewhere around their average of their their own 18 yard line starting their drives today. I think they had four drives that started within their own 10 yard line. So they were really backed up. And you know, as we saw as the game progressed, they just don't have enough offensively to move the ball like that, uh, especially when the defense is playing well. And, you know, I think the thing on Renfro's return, they, they've been good at punt returns all season long. I think they're I think they might be top five in average yards per punt return this season. I know both of those got called back for penalties, but I think, you know, you look at both of the, the penalties that happened on those returns, he probably gets that yardage anyway without the penalties being committed, which I guess makes them more frustrating, but also is a sign that, you know, it wasn't like Renfro only scored the touchdown because he had like an egregious block in the back or holding call or something like that. So he's probably not the guy you would expect to have that much success on punt returns, but, you know, he's been pretty consistent this season and, um, I think the bigger thing for them, you know, whether they have the return yardage or not, is is how well the coverage team played today. They need that to be a week in and week, week out thing, both on kickoff and punt returns, so they can start winning that field position battle a little bit more. Especially, you know, I know their defense had a good game today and they had a good game against the Browns, but for the season they've been struggling. So you need every yard you can get when it, when it comes to giving them some kind of advantage. And Daniel Carlson has been a really dependable kicker this uh, this whole season. Has he really had a bad game this season where he's Missed uh, multiple field goals. I don't think so. Yeah, he's twenty and twenty-two been, now on the year. I think he's one of the most solid kickers in the league league this year. So that's a um, good for the Raiders to know that they have a dependable kicker when they need him. Obviously, this isn't their best win of the season. That's the Chiefs game, but I think this was their most complete game when you factor in offense, defense, and special teams. When you play opponents like the Broncos, I mean, we, we talked about the Broncos' issues with turning the ball over, and you know, we know that the Broncos have struggled. I mean, this is what you should do. You know, the Raiders haven't had any blowout wins this year, and, and that doesn't really matter. I mean, just winning games is all that, that matters, and 6-3 and three speaks for itself. But there's just something to be said about being able to relax and breathe a little bit in the fourth quarter, and they haven't had that very often, and they got that on Sunday. I think good teams do blow out bad teams. So the Raiders haven't blown anybody out this season. Uh, so it's nice to see that they have the ability to do that. And they had a hard schedule. So, it, you know, there, there's, there weren't a lot of opportunities for them to blow out teams, but they had probably the worst opponent they played this season and they uh, did what they were supposed to. All right. Anybody else we uh, we missed that we need to give credit to? I mean, there was uh, there was a lot of heroes, I think, in this game. A lot of guys that played really well uh, on that defensive side, uh, offensively. Uh, anybody we missed that we need to uh, to give credit to in this one? We forgot uh, Bob Storetti, the uh, security director, who uh, Gruden said wasn't cheering loud enough because there were only one and two in home games for today. So he told Bob he got to cheer a little louder. So I think Bob did a good job today. He was the reason why Drew Locke threw all those picks. He was just too big of a distraction. Yeah, shout out to Drew Locke for giving him the ball four times. He's a very friendly guy. Well, it's funny. I said, he's, I said he sucked on Twitter, and people were like, no, nah, I didn't suck. It's like Arden Key hit really knocked something. I mean, like, I guess he's hurt. I don't know if Arden Key's hit was that big where it ruined his whole game, but uh, shout out to Arden Key for ruining uh, Drew Locke. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it did. I've never seen him. I've watched Drew Locke play football for a lot of years, and I've never seen him play that bad. So There you go. Um, he was, he felt the pressure because Tashawn was in the building, man. He felt the pressure. Yeah, man. He's like, I got to put on for my, my Mizzou fam, and he, did, he didn't put on at all for us. <laughs> Air fans are going to love that then. So they thought you were, uh, they were hating your love for Drew Locke. Now it's all worked out great. Yeah. It was Jinx. Maybe I'll, I'll affect it. What is it, week 17 they're playing? Yeah, take that, Raider fans. All right. Well, before we get out of here, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people saw the news on uh, on Saturday on Twitter that uh, that Ricky Ricardo uh, from Ricky Sports Bar, obviously, uh, you know, an institution for Raider fans, uh, passed away at 75. And, uh, 
you know, sad day for uh, for Raider fans, I think. And obviously, uh, been a tough year for Ricky's. Just uh, all businesses have been hit hard in the pandemic. And um, for John Gruden, has been close with with him and that whole family and that place for so many years. So uh, just want to you know, give a shout out to him and his family and, and everybody over there at Ricky's that uh, we're thinking about him. Yeah, we record a couple of podcasts there at Ricky's, and, and they always were great to us and all, all Raider fans and about players, both current and former players. And uh, both Ricky and Tino are just uh, really nice people. Really love the, the fan base and love being a part of the whole Raiders culture. And uh, yeah, it's really it's a tough it's a tough blow for uh, for Raider fans in uh, in the East Bay and all, and all over. People will come from all over the parts of the country when they visited Oakland and the East Bay and go to Ricky's and see that memorabilia and the jerseys and all the great photos and. Have the John Madden nachos. So, uh, yeah, definitely a very sad day. All righty, guys. Well, at least for Ricky, for everybody, Raiders got the win. Third in a row. They are 6-3. and three. They're looking every bit like a playoff team, but uh, they still have to finish this season. They still have to uh, they keep stacking up those wins. And if they can get to 4-0 in the division, if they can beat the Chiefs on Sunday, I think the hype train uh, will, will start growing even more. It's... Uh, it's an exciting time for Raider fans. Uh, it's obviously unfortunate that they're not having fans in that building in, in Vegas in the first year, but uh, they're playing good football, and we'll see what uh, they can do next week against the Chiefs. Adios. All right, see you guys.